Yeah, it's the best. Stop. I'm gonna set well, it up. This one, yeah. So talk like right in there. Let me hear you. Baby, baby, what the high? Baby, baby, oh, Got yeah, should be good. And boom, we are live. Let's go, baby. Let's go. Let's Welcome back, everybody. Couple Casuals podcast, episode number seventeen. I am your host, Stefano. And today, I got a very special guest. You may look familiar. You may recognize him from the It's Sybil podcast that you've seen me on lately, too. My brother, my buddy, Zoe. What's going on, brother? What's good, buddy? What's Let's go. Good, Big buddy. salute. Oh, That's how we do it here. 100%. 100%. I'm pumped for this, man. Let's I'm go. Waiting. Couple Fuck. casuals. We were supposed yeah. to have Maddie C here today, but yeah. no show. Fuck Matt. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I got to give a quick shout out to Candle Hand. You see these lovely paws that we got here. Uh, visit them at www.candlehand.com. Use promo code CC10 for 10% off and free shipping. Also, we got a couple casuals on the table here today from Cameron's Brewery. And Cameron also told me to say something, so let me check. I love this, bro. Fuck. You like it? Do you like the beer? Oh, buddy, I, I love this whole setup and the way you do it it's fucking crazy holy shit yeah it's good to it's good to have you here now and see where the fucking thing started yeah. you know what i mean i'm taking pointers right now what we got to do for ours now fuck and by the way guys we got we got a couple interesting things coming for the it simple podcast so stay fucking tuned for that oh yeah 100 100%, 100%. um okay so these these beers here cameron's brewery in collaboration with a couple casuals today just uh keep in mind guys a lot of variety the if you on your first order you get a free home delivery, free six-pack on your first order. People can contact uh, Matt at Matt's Lawrence on Instagram. I'll tag it below. And look for Cameron's at your local LCBO and bar and have a couple casuals with a couple Cameron breweries here. And without further ado, let's get into it, ladies and gentlemen. As I mentioned, we got my buddy Zozo. Welcome to the podcast. It's good to have you here. You know what I mean? We, uh, we have started the It's Simple um, journey not too long ago, and it's funny yeah, enough yeah. that we were supposed to, like I said earlier, we were supposed to have Matt on today. It would have been nice because... It's actually better, bro. It's actually better. Yeah, you know what? It, it might be a little bit better today. I hate that guy. Because, you know, he, give, he gives Zoe a headache. I, there, is, <laughs> there, is a, there is an ongoing controversy uh, or what would you call it? Ongoing rivalry between the two. But it's interesting because when he was here on episode seven, I believe, that's kind of where it started, bro. It kind of started when I had him here and yeah. then we had a good chat. Well, it even started before at Early yeah. Mercy. And then, and then I met you and we fucking hit it off right away, bro. Yeah, no, it was fucking... Um, Bro, it's one of the best things that happened because with the It's Simple podcast, we were looking for a third host, right? Yeah. And shout out to Brian. Like, I love Brian. 100%. Brian's my dog. He helped us start the whole journey and basically kickstart us to where we are now. Yeah. But uh, that guy's famous now. You know, he's chilling in LA. He's fucking has an LA girlfriend. You know that life buddy, now, you know? My buddy Brian is doing good. Yeah, I remember he was there on the first day too. Yeah. And like kind of from like where I'm, my perspective, I was like, okay, I didn't know what to, I didn't know what to I didn't know what to expect. But then when I came, bro, I hit it off with you guys yeah. right away and it's been a buzz ever since, man. One thousand percent. And I remember like Matt told me, he's like, yo, I've known of you, right? Yeah, and, uh, we see each other mutual friends. Hundred percent, and you're—I thought you were brother. You were the brother of Selena and Julia. Oh, yeah. So you know my cousins yeah, too, yeah. Right? Because, uh, bro, we used to work out at Express Fitness. Shout out Express Fitness. Oh wow, classic. And that's where I met the whole group of people and everyone. And it's, uh, you know, so I knew all of them, and I knew of you. I've seen you around here and there. So I was like, Matt's like, yo, there's this guy, Stefano. He does his podcast, this that, and he's like, yo, I just went on it to say, you know, I think he'd be a good addition. I was like, yo, fuck, of course, I trust you, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Then we did that episode, and I was like, you could see in that episode, Matt sitting right next to me, and I'm like, top, it's, it's somewhere in the episode, and I cool. look at Matt, and I'm, Matt, I'm like, 
we did it. Like we we found what we were missing for. Because in the podcast, like, yeah, you can do it with two people. If you look at all the major podcasts, like right. Impulsive, Full Send, mm-hmm. aside from Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan's a special motherfucker. Yeah, 100%. Um, all of them have three hosts. Why? Because, bro, to carry the conversation, excuse me, um, I just had some food. Sorry, guys, bomb food. Yeah, a little. Yeah. Yeah. We're multitasking today. So if my breath smells like you know, kebabs, it's <laughs> a snow act. But uh, they all have three hosts. Why? Because... Sometimes it gets tiring or not overwhelming, but it gets, uh, how do you, how do you say this? There's always good to have another perspective in the conversation, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So usually it's always me and Matt mm-hmm. uh, talking, right? And then sometimes it's like, yo, we want that third opinion. Like we did, me and Matt together have done, how many episodes have you done with us from season four now, right? Man, one of the things I love about obviously mm-hmm. in the, in collaborating yeah. with people is like you see, and we've actually like, we've banged them out yeah. and your guys oh, work yeah. ethic has really rubbed off on me. And I've really appreciated that. But I think it's been at least I man, think like 20 episodes we've done together. I don't know if it's 20, but it's, it's approaching. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. definitely because we got bear in the bank. hundred so percent. Fucking peeled. hundred uh, percent. And so it's like, so me and Matt together did 40 episodes and it gets to a point where like, fuck, like you keep talking and like, I feel like the guest always, the, the viewer, the listener, you want them to have a different perspective as well. Mm-hmm. You don't want them to be listening to the same thing that me and Matt have to say. Mm-hmm. So with you coming in, you brought a fresh new vibe and like energy to it yeah. where I let you carry the conversation sometimes. You put your own input. You have your own knowledge, right? A different perspective from me and Matt. Me and Matt, I've known him for a long fucking time. So our perspectives, our ideas, what we like is very similar. That's why we're friends. It's a right? good point, man. So with you coming on, you mesh very well with us, but you have your own process, your own thinking, right? Mm. So that's what, right away from the first episode, I was like, bro, done. Yeah. I was worried. I'm like, bro, maybe he doesn't want to do it. Oh, really? Let's and go. After, I'm like, yo, he wants to do it. I'm like, game over. Okay. Now, officially, we have the number one podcast team in all of Canada. I don't think there's anybody. Yeah. I love, I love you, Ernesto and Anthony. You guys are my dogs. You guys are too famous for us now. <laughs> so you guys are not in this category anymore. But I don't think there's anybody in the city you know, in Canada, I'll fucking say it. Fuck all the other provinces, but in this, in yeah, Canada. And, and by the way, we're willing to fight anybody that wants to fight. One if we want to have a podcast com- buddy, combat, we'll do it. <laughs> pro boxer, and we got undisputed, undefeated Matt Kempoli, the number one boxer. Buddy, who do you want him to fight? He'll fucking take you on. Buddy, buddy Matty C's on the pads like Canelo can't even touch Fuck, the guy. Like he's, he's, he's training for Jake Paul right now. He's, I heard. he's out there, man. And he's yeah. getting, so we're grinding and we're ready to go. We got the Dukes up, but the work ethic and yeah. the determination and the collaboration of, of all of us, yeah. I think has been like a perfect combination. So that's been like one of the reasons why I wanted to like have you on here too. So we could show everybody like a little bit of that backstory too, right? Because the It's Simple Pro- podcast has been a long going before I even kind yeah. of even like I always thought about doing podcasting but then even seeing you guys from the outside in it was almost like a little bit of like a motivating thing too yeah yeah right and then to be able to now collaborate with you guys has been has been such a journey so guys go make sure you follow the It's Simple yeah. podcast I'm going to tag everything below because we got a lot more coming oh people they don't even know what's planned right now right and it's like when we started the podcast when me and Matt started it there was nobody fucking doing the podcast. Literally. Zero. Bro. Yeah. And this was maybe, 2020 early. Yeah. This was maybe one or two people, but nobody doing it. Everyone doing the standard audio version, talk shows, etc. Yeah. I watched, I've watched every single episode of Impulsive, the YouTube version. Yeah. Not the audio, YouTube. Mm-hmm. So I love that podcast because I love how, bro, 
it's more than them just talking to show. You see them sitting. You see them all how they sit. It's not like, so that's what we're, I'll get into that after, but it's like how they're sitting. So if you look at our first few episodes, our camera, our layout, etc., was exactly yeah, like theirs. Yeah, yeah. And right? there was the zooming in. Zoom in, yeah. zoom out, all that stuff. Shout out Brian. Because, oh yeah, shout out Brock. Why? Why? Because, uh, bro, we wanted to make a show out of it, right? Because I feel like I have a good, funny, whatever, normal personality. Matt's very funny. He's hysterical. And uh, we're like, yeah, we can do the audio version only. But then you take away. People want to see the face. People 100%. Their emotions. Right? 100%. So when we, when we thought of it, we're like, okay, this is what we're going to do. So then the first, from the first episode, I told Matt, I'm like, bro, this is going to be big. Mm. Because this is a niche that a lot of people are not. Ju- bro, I've been listening to podcasts for time. That's what I was going to ask you too. Yeah, have you? Hundred percent. Because it's, I find it to be the best way to educate yourself. Because imagine, you have Elon Musk on Joe Rogan. You listen to those three hours. Oh my God, bro! You're getting information from a guy that has achieved so much. Right? Yeah, hundred percent. No matter who he might be, from whatever business field, etc. It had it helped me to, like, like wire myself in a certain way mm-hmm. that I was like, okay, now I should do this with my business, this. This is all through podcasting. Yeah, right? yeah. So I'm like, so many people come up to us and like to me and Matt and ask me, how do you make money? How do you do this? Bro, how are you guys doing this? How are you traveling all the time? Et cetera, et cetera. And you, everyone that knows me personally, bro, I'm not a person that flaunts my life. I don't give a shit, right? I just like to live my life how I like to live. I like to buy good shit. I like to travel. I like to, you know. But you do work hard, and I see it firsthand. One thousand both you and Matt. So, and so I like to have my fun. So a lot of people were coming up to me like, "Yo, how do you travel every other month? How are you doing this? How Mm -hmm. are you doing this?" And I'm like, "You know what? I mean, Matt. Like, so many young kids come up to us and they ask us for help and advice and everything. Why don't we create something that can like impact people's lives in some way, right? So that was the whole goal behind it. Simple podcast from day one was to like create a platform." which helps educate kids, teens, people in their, you know, even if they're in their 30s, whatever age, there's no age, mm-hmm. uh, there's no age limit for us to just make them realize that there's so many people from various fields that are killing it. It's not a number figure that we're talking about. It's just killing it from like, you know, from their own business. It, it can be like their brand, whatever it is. So that's what I try to take away from because people think we're always talking about money, money, money. It's not about money. It's about happiness, growth, success, achieving what you want to achieve. If you built your business and you bought your first house from it, that's success right there. You did it, right? Mm-hmm. So now how did you do that? Someone might want to know that story because that person, there might be a kid that wants to just buy a house. Yeah. But for him, he sees it as this big obstacle, but there's a guy that did it very simply. You know, and that's how you and kind that, of that was like, is that where the name derived from, bro? It was literally I, we told the story a million times, but it's like me and Matt were in Tulum and it's like we were in our villa and there's so many mosquitoes. OK, and this is like yeah. afternoon time and yeah. shout out Matt. Matt will know this. So I made the best fucking watermelon, strawberry, vodka drink I have ever made in my life. OK, where I was in the kitchen for like 20 minutes, blending this shit up, <laughs> making it. And I go to Matt. All the girls were gone, so I was like, Matt, just me and you here. I'm like, bro, I made us some cool little drinks. He's like, bro, what is this? I'm like, bro, just try it. He tries it. He's like, bro, this is amazing. So we had a whole jug, and we're like, bro, we're going to kill it, me and you. So we're in the pool. Every time someone wanted to say something, sorry, any, anytime someone wanted to say something, 
we would have to stick our head out. <laughs> so, because the mosquitoes, because mosquitoes are so bad, bro. There's yeah, he told the story here too, bro. It was like the fucking the KGB, the Russian KGB army of mosquitoes, the worst, too. the worst. Mosquitoes bro. are literally the worst. You put your head out, pop, 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 pop. and they nail you. Oh, buddy. So we would say a word. I'd be like, "Hey, Matt." Yeah, I'd go down. He said, "Hey, what's up?" Now we would keep going up and down. We're like talking about the podcast. And we're like, "Yo, why don't we call it?" We're like, "Yo, it's so simple." And then the, the word "simple" kept coming up. Oh. We're like, "Yo." Why don't we call it It's Simple Podcast? This is the first thing we thought of. We're like, what do you think? He's like, yeah. I'm like, cool, done. Yeah. It's Simple Podcast started from there. Yeah, there's something there's something amazing about that creative process. You know, it all, it all has the story. Like mine was I was probably just taking a shit or something, and I thought a couple casuals. So it's not there's not much to it. But I love or that. going for a run, one of the other one of the, one of the two. But there's something interesting in, in what you said there, like success. And I'm I'm curious, like, what's your definition of success? That's a good question. My definition of success because yeah. I feel like that's. In, in interper- like it's interpersonal for everybody has a different definition of success. Some may not be just financial. Maybe their, yeah. their definition of success is having a family. Let's 1, say 1,000%. My definition of success would be biased towards me, but 100, that's what it's yeah, about. Yes. Uh, it would be financial freedom, mm. right? So it's not, a, it's not a number I'm trying to reach, right? Everyone's like, oh, I wish I made a million dollars. I wish yeah, I made a billion dollars. It's never a number. For me, it's living life in a way where Bro, I don't have to worry. I want to go on a trip today. Here, let's go to trip. You guys want boys want to go to Miami? Let's go to Miami. Well, we want to go here today. Let's go here. I want to buy this. Let's buy this. Mm-hmm. Right. The reason why I say this is because I grew up. Like you know, shout out to my my dad, my my parents. Like they raised fucking gem of a fucking family because we're all excelling and killing. How many it. siblings do you have? We're. Three brothers and one sister. I'm oh. the youngest, so oh. everyone's like older. They all married kids. Mm-hmm. But I have about like eight, nine nephews. Like, fuck, how many do I have? Bro, eight nephews lot, and two nieces. One's on the way, so it's crazy, right? So my parents, my dad struggled his whole life, right? He drove a cab back, like I told the story before, but like my dad came from Pakistan in like 1991, had a whole family with him except me. I wasn't born yet. So, with all his kids and everything, he had uh, back home. He, he was an HVAC technician, right? So when he came over here, he had none of the, the degrees or anything that he had would work because he had to go to school again and etc. Mm-hmm. So he was thrown into that system where he had to drive a cab. He drove a taxi for 18 years of his fucking life, right? Mm-hmm. And anybody that knows, when you drive a cab, you're not making a lot of money. You're making enough money to a pay your bills, hardly. And feed your family and provide a house, a roof over your family, right? So that's what he did. So throughout my whole life when I was younger, I never, like, I was aware of that situation, right? But I would be like, I want these shoes, right? And, like, I would, like, wait up, wait, because I know, like, you know, you know what? My parents might not have the money, but I would wait, 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 wait. And once a year, I would buy, like, a fresh pair of shoes. I wanted, like, a $15 fucking Yu-Gi-Oh card pack. I would literally be, like, to my mom, I'd be like, I'm not going to go to my dad and ask him for 15 bucks. Maybe he only has $100 in a day in his pocket. He needs that for something else. So I would be like, you guys need me to buy anything from the convenience store? They'll be like, yeah, here's five bucks. I would take the five bucks, $2 change left. I would put it to the side. I would keep all the change, right? Until I would build up like 15 bucks. Then I would buy myself Yu-Gi-Oh cards. So right? you're saving. So since I was young, I knew that like, you know, like we don't have that financial freedom, right? We can't just go buy whatever we want. We don't have like those nice cards outside. We don't have a nice, beautiful, upgraded house, right? Mm-hmm. So 
that like I feel like in all of our siblings it, it instills something in us where we were like n- nothing against my dad. Like, I love my dad. He's the fucking the greatest motherfucker in the world. But like th- this is something I did not want to live. You know, this is something I didn't want my future kids to have to experience. Mm-hmm. Right. I remember days where fucking guys, um, the fucking hydro people came up to our door and like you have to pay your bill t- by today. We're going to cut your fucking hydro, cut your this, you know. I've experienced all that. You know, I've yeah. seen my parents run around, go crazy, try to scavenge money to pay the mortgage. I never want to live like that, you know? So that was why I would say, like, my meaning of my definition of success is financial freedom because right. we didn't have that. I didn't have that when I was younger growing up. I had to gain that for myself, right? Yeah, yeah. With my own business, with my own hard work and achieve that. So now for me to see financial freedom is like, the greatest happiness ever because then I can be like, you know, to, to my parents, like, yo, let's go travel somewhere. Yeah. What do you guys want to buy? Go to the mall, buy whatever you guys want. Yeah. There's no limit now. There's no headache now. We're not worried about having to pay our mortgage or bills or anything, right? Seeing that, that's happiness for me. I don't give a fuck about a certain number or whatever. It's just I never want to be in a situation where I have to worry about how I'm going to pay my next bill or how I'm going to put food on the table. Yeah, and that family. is success. I think yeah. I can agree with that too. And there's a lot of good stuff in there that you touched on, like, for example, the sacrifices that the people before us, our parents, our family members, had made a lot of our parents, our immigrants that came here in sacrifice for us. So that's not a dig at your dad. Or that. If anything, that's exactly what his goal was probably was to come here, put himself oh, yeah. on the line to work and grind it out to then give you a better life. And then you derived a lot of good things from that. You mm-hmm. learned how to save. And then ultimately, you've established this goal for you, which which you you would you would imagine a success, which I can agree with too. Financial freedom is very important. And then also what that gives you is it gives you power too, because nowadays, and especially I I hate, like, especially for men too, is like, I feel like we're masculinity and men in general are kind of under attack in a way too, because there's all this type of mentality where, you know, with the canceling and the, you know, definitely the divorce systems set up in not necessarily for the man. So success can be, you know, having that financial freedom, it also provides you with a lot of protection in your life too. Because would you say that's one of the reasons that you got, that you decided to be an entrepreneur was also for that freedom? 1000%. Because you don't have to necessarily answer to anybody and you don't have to worry about what you said 15 years ago, for example. 1000%. And it's like my whole life, I've like, I've been working since I've been in grade 10. Like I wanted a phone. My parents were like, you're not, you're not getting a fucking phone. Go get a job. Mm-hmm. You want a phone? I was like, cool. I love that. Grade 10, while everybody else was like fucking having fun in school, getting allowances, all this shit. I was like, I'm going to go get my first job. I worked at Pickle Barrel in Vaughn Mills. I used to bust tables, clean tables. Uh, it's not, I don't even think it's there anymore, is it? I, I think it's I a Hortons now, bro. Mm-hmm. Fuck, eh? So I used to do that. And like, f- from like grade 10 at a young age, I started working, right? And then like, I had this like, like desire, like this chase where I was like, yo, any job I do, I'm good at. Like they put me in pickle barrel. I was the best fucking buster. You, you just have. worked hard though. Where I had a good work ethic. They put me in Pedal Land, and then I worked at Pedal Land. I used to sell crazy. Like you know, I was good at it. I worked at Champs. I was like getting sales crazy. Like I was amazing at it. I worked at Rogers. I was killing it. I was like, I have this in me, but one thing I can't do, I can't take orders from fucking people, right? Because when someone tells me like, oh, do this, do this, do this, do this, I'm just sitting there. I'm like, bro, you're a fucking idiot. You're trying to tell me what to do, but you have no experience in doing it, you know? Mm. And I would hate that. And I would just like, I would always have, I would always have an issue with authority. Uh, okay. I'm like, what's the way around that? Be my own boss. Uh-huh. Right. 
And the first business I started was like, I did it with my brother. We were, we opened a driveway ceiling company. So we used to go literally in the spring, starting of spring, we would go door to door. There's a lot of money in that. A lot of money. It was fun. I'd have my own truck. Everything would go door to door. And me and my brother just started. We're like, yo, fuck it. Let's do this. We'd go door to door and just drive with steel. Knock on people. So, hey, would you like to use the service, et cetera, et cetera. And then eventually, like, my brother, like, got into his business. And I was like, you know what? I want to do one whole summer by myself. I made a little team, a little crew. And I was like, yo, I'm going to brand this. Like, right now, I'm going door to door. But there's no name behind it, proper name or flyers or anything. So I was like, that's where, like, my first business thing ever started. How I was old like, were you? Fuck. I was uh, first year university. Okay, so 19, 20. Yeah, yeah, first year university. And I was like, you know what, fuck it. So then I hired a designer. I made all this stuff and, like, this whole, like, platform, like, this whole design, whatever. And I was like, I like this. It's cool. Like, it's my own brand now. And I promoted it on Instagram back then. I'm like, brother's driveway ceiling. We called it brother. And I promoted it. And I was like, fuck my own brand. And from there, it just sparked something in me where I was like, bro, I'm good at, I can do this. It's just going to take me time. I'm not going to nail every single business I do right away. I know I have to learn, but I know I can do it. There's this fuck. You know when you just, you know it. Yeah. And deep down, that's what, that's one thing about me. Like when I know something, something's going to work. It works. It happens. I figure the fuck out how yeah. to get it done. And that's the, that's yeah. the mindset there, bro. Yeah. It's, it's the determination to improvise, adapt, and overcome and figure it out. I do think that, you know, business owners, like, first of all, they concur a lot of risk. Oh, yeah. To be an entrepreneur, you know, you reap the reward if it succeeds, but they concur a lot of risk. So it does take a special individual, you know? And is that something that you always had or you kind of developed over time? Oh, 1,000%. I feel like I was born to do this, man. Yeah. Since I was young, I was energetic, charismatic, um, funny. I would always try to make people laugh. I, I, I had this stuff in me where I, like, well, the... I feel like the issue, the thing was, because when I was younger, I was never that cool kid. I was just, or, you know, every kid wants to be the cool or recognized. I was never that. I was just that guy. I didn't, ha- like, for example, when we would choose, people would choose teams for sports or groups. I was never the first guy. People would be like, I want him on my team. So I would always just be there, you know? And, like, I was like, yo, like, that, all that stuff, it was like, it built up something in me where I was like, bro, like, I got to prove to these fuckers who the fuck I am. Yeah, you that's know? what it, it gave you motivation. So that that's interesting. Like I want to even unpack yeah. that a little bit further because that happens to a lot of people yeah. where they have this sense of maybe not necessarily resentment, but yeah. they feel like a, a certain feeling of not feeling wanted or feeling less of. What do you think it takes to kind of identify that that can be that can be fixed? That can be fixed, and you can you can encounter that, but you have to put the work in. One thousand percent, and it's like when you're young, it's harder, right? Mm-hmm. When you're a kid, like you're looking at it like fuck, like. All these guys, like, they're going, every, like, every, like, for example, I'll give you a small, stupid scenario. Like, people would go for lunch, and they wouldn't ask me, you'll come with me. They all have their own clique, and they're going, and I would be like, just tag along, right? The stuff like that, I was like, fuck, like, am I, like, am I not, I'm not athletic. I'm not smart. That was me in school. I wasn't athletic at all. I was not smart. But I knew how to speak. I could captivate a, a group, like, a classroom and talk and, like, get people zoned in because of how I raise my voice, the way I talk, and I would, like, in drama was good because every time we would do these skits or stuff and like we would present, I would always be very energetic and people would laugh and I would like get people like a little hyped up. So I was like, there's something I have with the way I speak, mm-hmm. right? I'm not smart. I'm not fucking into like book smart, 
I'm not mathematically smart. I'm not the fucking athletic, but I know how to talk, mm-hmm. right? And I'm like, if I know how to talk, and I was working, I was doing good in sales. I was killing it in champs. People could come in, and I could just read them and see their body language. And I could see somebody in the room if they want to talk to me, if they don't. I could see if someone is not interested in me or they're really, like, I, I could read people's body language very well. Mm-hmm. I learned that through working, right? We talked about this, how important working is when you're younger. And that just, like, that's what it was. I mean, you know, like, from being younger, not give, being given that attention to then seeing that, what's my skill set? I'm like, now I have to utilize this to yeah. something. And, and it could be developed yeah. too. That's that's worth uh, outlining too. Is that it could be developed too. One thousand percent. And I think people need to really uh, like. I I talked about this with one of my other buddies on the pod here. Uh, shout out to my buddy Mike. We talked about the importance of those those building block jobs that you have throughout your youth and throughout your teens too. A lot of people look at it like you know you're hungover most of the time that you show up to work. And fair enough, you can be, but. There's a lot of utility that you can take from those experiences, I feel, because that's where you learn the foundation, bro. Like, look at all the things that you just touched on. You learned a lot of the foundation in your work ethic, and you found out a lot about yourself through those jobs. Oh, yeah, 1,000%, right? Like, like being in grade 10, bro, after school, everyone's going home, doing all this shit. Bro, me and, like, one of my best friends at that time, Naham, shout out Naham, like, fuck, he got me my first job. He was like, bro, he was just working. And I learned it from him. I'm like, bro, this guy's grinding. Every- Finish school, go works. Why? Back to my earlier point. He had cash in his pocket. I never could go up to my parents and be like, yo, dad, I want to go buy this. Give me 100 bucks. My dad would be like, 100 fucking goes. Of course, my dad would give me 100 bucks. But deep down, I know that 100 bucks he needs probably to pay the bills or buy grocery or do something with it. That is more important than me using it to go fucking go to Wonderland for the day. Right, so I was like, I need to make my own money, and bro, th- being in grade ten, bro, I was clearing like fuck, like five, six hundred bucks, sometimes eight hundred dollars biweekly. I was like almost a couple of genos in just, my pocket just from grinding it up what, in what? grade ten, you know. And I was like seeing this, and I was like, that's where it came into me, my freedom. I was like, yo, you want to go for lunch, boys? I'm gonna go shopping. I'm gonna go buy myself brand new Air Forces. Right, I just splurge on myself, and I was like, it got to this point where I was like. It's my own money. I don't have to fucking ask anybody for anything. It's my own financial freedom in high school, you know, which I achieved. I was making some crazy money, bro. When I worked at Peter Land, I worked Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and night shifts. Night shifts. Crazy days, bro. That place for them. Any people that are not from the area, the Jane and Major Mac Peter Land was crazy at like two to two to four a.m., bro. Bro, that's where I made like majority of my connections, bro. I would work from like five p.m. Friday night till three four a.m. And then I would work again Saturday, and I would work again Sunday. Bro, everyone's out partying, doing all their shit. I was just fucking cleaning money, 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 you know? And I was making good money. I was making like 800 bucks a week, you know? Mm. Sometimes like 700 bucks a week if we got like good hours. Because I worked during the week too. And that's where it just like, it, it just I started this. Like, it just kicked into me that like, yo, this money. And you, it, it's bad because it you see you start to like love money. But I loved it in a sense because it gave me freedom to financial do freedom. the fuck I wanted to do. You know? Yeah, 100%. And then that's the that's the aim, right? The aim was financial freedom. And yeah. I think that's very important. Again, yeah. uh, at a time like now, bro, you need it. You need financial freedom. Buddy, like, look at it now in front of your eyes. A lot is changing. Look at, look at the prices of everything, for people example. People that did not save or people that did not have, like, proper, yeah, I would say, savings or investments or whatever during these last two years were struggling, man. 
you know? Mm-hmm. But thank God, thank to the blessing of God and like the work ethic and everything I've done, bro. For me, it was nothing bad, you know? It was yeah. more of a time to like regroup, yeah. you know, get back to my reality, realize that, you know, we don't have to go out every weekend. I don't have to do this every weekend. I don't have to party every weekend. It made me connect with friends more, my family members more. It was like a, a moment of like two years of just like taking a step back. But bro, I didn't put the gas off the pedal. I was still working, you know, grinding, grinding, grinding. Yeah. But like in that sense where I didn't, in a situation like this, I was prepared in yeah. a way where I didn't try to be prepared, but I was just prepared because I made the right financial decisions and I was calculated, right? So 100%. And, sense, yeah. and, and throughout, throughout those times, it's kind of where you learn a lot about yourself. You know what I mean? And I, I say it all I say it all the time, but like if through the storm is when you're going to find out, you know, who you actually are, because it's very easy, for example, to stay positive and good when everything's fucking copacetic and everything's going good and you don't have no problems. But then as soon as everything hits the fan, which inevitably life that happens, that's when you really start to have to look inward. And I think that happened to a lot of people now. Now, speaking of business and touching on it a bit, how did you get into, like, explain a little bit, like, what you do now and how you got into that now, like, with your business now? Because, you know, you work hard, bro, yeah, and, yeah. and it's worth it's worth outlining. So, uh, yeah, no, it's fun. Uh, so, before I started my recruitment company now, mm-hmm. uh, my brother, when we were, remember I talked about the driveway ceiling? Right. He gave me the truck. So, he started, uh, he f- f- found his business partner, and he opened up his employment agency, Right. So he started uh, where he started his business up, and then from the driveway ceiling, I was like, you know what? I would do the driveway ceiling, and then I would uh, go work with him. So I would bounce back and forth, back and forth, right? And uh, I started working with him, and I was good. Like, I was good at the sales. I was good at talking with the clients. I started liking the business a lot. Like, what would you have to do? Like, you meet, like, you literally meet with, with like, owners of companies to then discuss yeah, yeah. hiring? So I would, I would do, like, the traditional door-to-door marketing. Okay. I'll take a pamphlet. They would drop me off at a corner of a street. I would go company to company, company to company, walking. Hi, my name is Zoe. I'm here from blah, 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 blah. I was wondering, are you guys looking for workers, etc. Did that for like a couple months straight. And then started getting in business, whatever. But then at that moment, I was going back into university because I wanted to be a lawyer. I had this whole thing in my head. I've watched too much fucking Suits, too much Harvey Specter. <laughs> and I wanted to be a lawyer, right? Yeah, which I feel like a lot of people, they they go to school necessarily for something because maybe they get expired when they're young or whatever yeah. it may be. But that doesn't necessarily mean. For me, it was also like, I was like, oh, my parents want me to be a lawyer, this, that. Common. And then I went back into school. And then when I was in school, so I had a little bit of experience working with my brother. And I seen like the money that he was starting to make. And I was like, oh, this is good. So he had already started the business by then? He, he started it. Uh, and then I was I was like, for the first three months when he started, I was there. I was working with him for the first three months, okay? So then after the first three months, I went back to school, and then I stepped away from the business. Then I was just in my own little realm of no job, university grind, and I was like, fuck, I hate this shit. I don't like it. I'm in school. I don't, I'm not learning shit. I'm worrying about essays, grades, and this, that. And I'm like, I'm missing out on opportunity to make money right now. Like, I could, like, instead of going to school and fucking spending one whole week in a lecture multiple lectures whatever and then getting nothing out of it and then i started to realize like do i really want to be a lawyer i'm doing like like calculations i'm like <coughs> lawyers make how much a year they make this much oh, but i can only make this much if i if i open my own business and i do i was putting all these calculations in my head and i'm like but if i just go work, work with my brother if i just go work i can do 
this, I can make this much in a year, I can do this, I can do, so it started to click in me, right, and then uh, that's when I had my whole little health uh, shit happened which, to me. Which can you, t- I actually never even got a chance to talk to you about that, yeah, do yeah, you feel course. comfortable talking? Of course, talk- of course, I'm, yeah, 100%. You talked about it many yeah, times? Yeah, many yeah. times, many times. Um, so yeah, in my third year of university, third or fourth, one of those fucking years. So you were under 25, 100%. Yeah, yeah, I think it was 22, 21. Mm-hmm. I, it was like January, whatever. I started to notice my neck started to swell up, right? Think of like a baseball in your neck. And uh, I didn't know what it was at that moment, right? So I used to go to the walk-in clinic and uh, shout out to the three fucking idiot doctors that originally that I met with. One was like, oh, put ice on it. There's nothing. And then my dumbass went home and was putting ice on it, <laughs> right? I'm like, oh, it's nothing. And then I started to notice like, my whole physique was like getting scrawny. Like my face was like looking like I'm not eating enough. Like my physique, my bone density, everything was like shrinking. I was looking very weird. Okay. And then, um, yeah, so I went to the doctor. I, w- I was getting like, like these fevers. I was scratching everywhere. Doctor was like, put ice on it. It's nothing. Which doctor, by the way? Was it like just a walk-in? Like I don't know. Because so, this happens very yeah, frequently. Shout out. To, like, there's one doctor there that I love. It's Health Center of Maple. Jane Major Mac. Yeah, I know where that's that Longos. Yeah. One doctor there that I love and I owe in my life is Dr. Ree. He's the best doctor in the world. Everybody else there needs to fucking get their degrees rechecked because like without any analysis, without any like uh, blood work or anything. Oh, just looked at it just because they want to make their quick money and get the person the fuck out. Yeah. Oh, it's nothing to put ice on it. So for two months, I put ice on it. Didn't go away. I went back. And then another doctor's like, you know what? I think it's like in a reaction. Here's some cream. Put this cream on it. Then I'm rubbing this fucking cream on it. Didn't go away. Then I went uh, to a homeopathic doctor. Um, he gave me some medicine, and then I put the medicine on it, and then my swelling went away. Then I went. Then he came back. This is like January, February, March, April, May, May now. Okay, May. So it's it went away for like a month. And then it came back. May was it literally big like a big oh yeah baseball? you could see it you could see it like oh, fuck it I'll show you a photo after and it's like my neck swelled up so I was it, you would see my neck sticking out and like, I would go out people would be like yo is everything okay I'm like yeah bro just like I don't know what it is just like some infection or whatever then in June um, after the homeopathic I did it I should have went back to the homeopathic but I was just like in my own little world it went came back after and then I went back to the walking clinic and they were like. I forgot what he said. This was like the dumbest one yet. Like first was ice, second was cream, and this one was just like I forgot what he said, and it was the most dumbest thing ever. And me being an idiot, I just listened to. It. I was like, sure. Well, it's not necessarily you, bro. This happens a lot in Canada. I've heard yeah. many stories now because what happens is I think that doc. I think there's not enough doctors yeah. and there's too many patients. So and obviously we have free healthcare here in Canada, which is you know everyone you we pay for it though yeah. guys. It's not necessarily free. Go look at how oh, much yeah, you pay. We, pay, in ta- we pay a lot. But go, <laughs> look, go look at how much you get paid. In, you yeah. paid in taxes. But then ultimately, what happens is I feel like our healthcare system isn't as good as it maybe should be. Like much respect to everybody who's in that field, hundred percent. But there's a lot of stories I hear of misdiagnoses. One thousand percent. And then, bro, imagine like. Now I look back at it and it frustrates, infuriates me. Because they're know? just like, come in. Okay, yeah, what, what do you got? Yeah, just put this on. You're good. Go. And they're like, go, they're whatever. They're like, it's, it's pointless. The third doctor, I forgot what they said, what he said or she, but it was the most dumbest thing ever. And I was just like, when I look back at it now, I'm like, bro, I wish I fucking like, not sued, but I just want to sit these doctors down and be like, 
you guys could have fucked me real bad. You, you could know? you could sue for negligence, I guess, but, it, but it's like, it was not like whatever. It's not like nothing. Like yeah, I'm good now. But like then after like my parents were like going on this trip to like the the U.S. like Baltimore, and I was like, I'm not gonna come with you guys. I'm gonna stay back. So then I had an appointment booked with my family doctor, Doctor Reed, who I mentioned earlier. It was like on a Sunday, Saturday night. The boys were like, let's go out. I'm like, fuck yes. We go out. We go party. We go eat at fast for however we went, and then came back home and like I woke up my appointment was supposed to be at like 9 30 I woke up at 10 and I was like in a fever not feeling well and I woke up and I'm like and I was like fuck it I'll just move the appointment to next week but after I was like something in me was just like no call the number right now see if they can take you I called the girl at the front desk was a beauty she's like you know what if you come here in the next five minutes I'll take you I was like done I got in my car I drove down the street went uh, the doctor literally right away when he looked at me he's like I looked at my neck. I'm like, yeah, it's been like this since like January. Like I've been coming back and forth. He's like, starts panicking. He's like, no one did an X-ray on you. I'm like, no, yeah, no one did this fuck? blood work. I'm like, no. And like, bro, my parents are gone. I'm by myself. He's sketching me the fuck out. He's like, oh, okay, okay, do this, do this, do this, do this, whatever. Do all these tests. And I go home. This is the fucking craziest part. So on Monday morning, I'm at the office with my brother, and I receive like five private number missed calls. I don't answer them. I don't answer private calls. I don't answer whatever. I let it go to voicemail. And then I listen to the voicemail. That's my doctor. He's like, hey, Zohave, we found something in your chest. It's serious. There's spots on your lungs, like some shit like this. And like, you know what? I need you to call me back right now and come in. Bro, I'm literally sitting there. I'm just like, what the fuck just happened? It's you know? literally everybody's most fearful, feared phone call. Then I call my doctor's office. I'm like, yeah, I just got this voicemail. Like, yeah, but the doctor's not in until Saturday. So I'm like, the fuck you mean he's not in till no way, Saturday? How are you going to sit on that information Bro, for a fucking a week? Imagine almost. then. No. I sat there for that whole week till Saturday eating at myself. Like, what the fuck? So you that? actually did it. Bro, I would have been losing yeah, it. I have to wait till Saturday. I'm like, I think that's what the doctors want me to do. Did you tell your parents? Because they were uh, away. Bro, I didn't tell my parents. I, didn't, okay. I, didn't, I kept it quiet because I only told my brother. And then, bro, come Saturday, I go to the doctor. He's like, yo, listen. In your... Uh, uh, x-rays we found a lump in your chest this is you know what it could be it they have to be cautious as well he's like we feel it can be cancerous this is that he's telling me all this stuff but he's like i'm gonna set you up with appointment at this next specialist right away with like he said it set me up with appointment like this is not going into like uh august uh august in august he set me up with appointment with a specialist at this moment i didn't tell my parents or anybody kept it in, into myself because I was like I knew because I went home I did some research and well, you gotta all, be careful with yeah. the Google research though but I was bang on with this oh really yeah, okay I bang on because I did all my little diagnosis and I, I was like what could it be blah 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 this 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 that and it was like you uh, after like searching on Google whatever it was like Hodgkin's lymphoma right so wait, like, wait so that's what it was yeah Hodgkin's lymphoma um, it's basically when your lymph nodes get infected and uh, it creates like a tumor and like I don't know fucking too much of it. I try not to learn too much about it, but it starts from your lymph nodes when your lymph nodes get affected, and then it's how cancer is. If it's untreated, it moves, right? Oh. It goes to other lymph nodes. Oh. So it originated in my chest with like about a year and a half ago. So from that time, it went to my stomach, my armpits, my neck. And when it got to my neck, it was like... Uh, pressing against like some like blood vessel or whatever causing my neck to swell up oh right? that's why i did that that's why yeah. i did the swelling so 
long story short, like, bro, fucking all this shit happened in the span of, like, two months, right? And then before my birthday, I was told, like, it was, like, September 1st or September 2nd, whatever. I was literally at the appointment. I didn't tell shit to my parents. I kept it quiet, you know? Until I had the appointment with a proper doctor that confer- that did the biopsy and everything. And then they confirmed, like, yo, the doctor's time to shit. Yeah, you have Hodgkin's lymphoma. And I remember that day because I was, like, I left downtown by myself. I'm driving. And I'm, like, driving home. Yeah. And, yeah. What did you feel? Like, what did you, what was Bro, that Bro, it's, like, like, you're you're in a like moment. Right it's a, Bro, being like 22 years old and getting told you have cancer, it's like you see a death sentence, right? Mm. Automatically, you start to think like, fuck, that's it. Cancer. Like, bro, what have we, what have we been told about cancer? Killed 100%. You. You're young. You're getting told crazy information at first. You know, everybody knows yeah. about cancer and scared to hear those words. Exactly. And then you're just sitting in that. So what was that thought process? Bro, like? It was like, in that moment, you're like, you're blank. You just see like, you think of like, you're seeing like the end of the tunnel and you see the light, but you're starting to notice the light just getting dimmer and dimmer and dimmer, right? That's the best way to describe it, where your mind just starts to shut off, where you're just like trying to process all this information. You're like, it doesn't make sense. Why me? What the fuck? What did I do wrong? Did I eat something? Did I do? Is it because I smoke? You start processing all this information. And then I remember the first person I called was like my ex-girlfriend, my girlfriend at that time. And like, I just bawled out to her. I was like, yo, I just got told I had this. Then I went to the office and like my brother asked me what happened. And then I told my brother, he's like the second person to find out. And then I, I was like, I'm not going to tell my parents whatever right now, you know? And then I remember this was like a Wednesday and I literally came home and I went straight to bed. Like a Thursday, I went straight to my room and I didn't leave my room. My parents woke up the next day like, yo, what's wrong? I was like, I'm not feeling well, whatever. And then I was about to go out Friday night. Funniest thing, I was like, fuck it, I'm going to go out again with the boys. After all this shit, I'm like, how am I going to get over this? Buddy, a Friday night at early mercy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, my God, man. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck this. I'm going out tonight. So, don't kill me. Bro, literally. And I'm, before I'm leaving, my mom's like, yo, something is wrong. You're not saying something, right? And you can't hide anything from your mother, bro. That's like yeah, the, she the most important thing. As soon as I told her, then it was just like, bro, right away, like, it was fucked. But right? wait, why, why did you want to keep it a secret from them at first? They're old, bro. I don't want them to go through... You don't want them to get worried, overwhelmed? I don't, yeah. So I didn't even tell them, like, after, like, when I got, uh, when I had my first consultation, then they told me my stage. They tell you the stage after, right? Then that's another fucked up thing. So they told me, the doctor sits me down. He's like, you have stage four cancer. I'm like, I'm dead. I'm like, stage five is what we've been told. I'm stage five. I'm dead. I'm like, fucking peace out world, whatever. I took it like a champ. Then after he explained to me, he's like, Yo, there's 10 stages of cancer, right? You're just at that point where, it spread to your other parts, your lymph nodes, but it hasn't spread to your bone or your organ. So you're good at that point. You still have like a high percentage of living. So as soon as like I asked him one question, I was like, yo, what's my percentage? He's like, you're like over 80%. I'm like, done. That's all I need to know. There's a chance I'm going to win. Even if it was 60 or 50 or 5 or 10, I'm a believer of chance. I'm a believer. You give me a little bit of percent of chance of winning something or doing something, I'll fucking get it done. Mm, that's cool. That's when like, Bro, that's where my life changed from. This is all going to lead back to my business. I know it's a long story, but this is where, like, the wolf, the lion in me started, right? Because, and back to your question, why didn't I tell my parents? Because, bro, by me telling my mom I have stage four fucking cancer, I feel like she would be more affected than I would be. Wow. My parents are, like, in their 60s. I don't, like, I, like, that was a mindset I had, too, where I was like, yo, 
I'm content, I'm satisfied with myself of dying, but I am not content with the sorrow and the impact that I will leave on my family behind. There's a real, there's real honor in that though. Yeah, I'm more worried about what my parents and my family will have to go through than I do even for myself. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. If I gotta go, I gotta go. But them seeing their son in this state is what is the shitty part, right? No parents want, no parent wants to go through that. It's their biggest fear, I would, I would think. One thousand percent. So yeah, that was why I didn't tell my, I didn't even tell my parents till I cured my cancer what my stage was. I told them at the end. In the beginning, I was like, we were all just like, oh, it's nothing, it's good, it's good, and I would go through my chemo, whatever. But uh, that moment when they told me my percent chance of living, think of it like a switch. When a fighter gets knocked out, you get clocked, mm-hmm. and you have that chance where you're, you're seeing fucking stars, you're blacked out, you're like a boxer, and you have to get up, and you just, a spark lights in you, where like, you think about everything that you have to lose, and everything that you haven't achieved, you haven't seen, you haven't experienced, right? So I was like, Bro, there's no way I'm going out like this. There's no fucking way. This is war. I'm like, bro, if you want a fucking battle, what, I have 80% chance or 70 or 70 something, whatever percent chance to live. Buddy, that's all I need. Mm-hmm. As soon as I got told that, bro, I just literally clicked the switch in my head where like the sorrow, the sadness, the fear disappeared. It was like a game now, like a battle. Like It was like me going to war. That's a good sense, right? A, that was your competitive side of you, right? Hundred percent, and that that's when off. I seen like myself and like my determination and my mindset just shift. So, what was the process following that when you were told that information? Oh, it's fucking chemo, bro. That is the oh, worst shit. experience. Ah, fuck, I don't wish that wish that upon my worst enemy. Um, so I had to do like four. Of, uh, they didn't have a timeline for me, but they were just like, we expect you to do like four sessions of chemo. What is it? Like, what do you do? Like, I, I'm so I'll, really yeah, I'll, I'll give you the full breakdown of it. So chemo is broken down. So one session is broken down into two parts. Okay. How it works. Your first session you go. So I went my first day ever chemo. Funny story. So I went to the mall after like the, before my chemo, I went to the shot to my brother-in-law. Um, he's the best. Um, he took me to the mall and he's like, buy whatever you want. I bought a fresh track suit, everything about like these. Beats, AirPods, whatever. But I was pulling up to fucking the uh, hospital, Princess Margaret. Deck like, like I was fucking like NBA All-Star Playoff 1, <laughs> Game 1, buddy. That's how I would describe it as Game 1, fucking ready to go. Home game, whatever, buddy. Hey, I'm bro, sick. that was the competitive side of you. You showed up like you are ready to go. Buddy, I pull up. I have my headphones in. I'm listening to music, whatever. I sit down and they're like, literally. And what fucked with me was when I walked in, I thought like, low key. This is where like, I'm like a little fucked in the head. I was, I was like, maybe there's like, some cute girls in here or something. Bro, my mindset going into chemo was like, I said, hot nurses, cute girls. Maybe I can vibe with a girl or something. You know what I'm trying to say? That's fucking interesting, man. So I would go in there. I a see time nothing. that most people would be like fucking maybe sobbing. Oh, 100%. Zoe's showing up in a fucking track suit. He looks good. He's like, yo, I might, bro, I I might com- wheel yeah, a piece today. I don't know. Bro, I was confident as fuck. I was thinking about ass the whole time. I'm telling you, bro. So me like showing up and I look around, it's all old people. <laughs> Shit, backward, backward. I'm like, that that fucked with me right away because I was like, there's nobody I can connect with or I can relate to. Like I want to talk to people, but I'm not gonna talk to a fucking seventy year old. Like, mm. You know, like God forbid. Like it's like when you're in the sauna though, you do that. Then when you're in the sauna, there's always like some seven year old that you learn a bunch of information from. Shout out to hundred percent. But like these seventy year old look like they're dying. You yeah. know, they couldn't even open their eyes. So I was like, there's nobody there I could relate to, and that was like. And my, I was happy. I was joking around. I was fun. I was like, yeah, yeah. I was, like, I was very confident, you know? 
So I went into the chemo and it's like, so it's Monday, the first, uh, how, it, so I said there's four sessions. Mm-hmm. One session gets broken down into two parts. So the first part is, if you think of a month, month is one part. So a month, a month is one session. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you do chemo. And then Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you have off. And then you do Monday again the next week and Tuesday. And then you are good. Um, you go on a break for about, I would say, a week, about a week and a half to two weeks. And then you repeat it. Holy shit, that's a lot of days. Were you working at the time? Uh, yeah, I was still in the office. I'll, I'll get into this. This is this the this is what makes me. I feel like what makes me who I am. Okay, okay. So, the first day, I go. I sit down in this chair. They fucking have all these drips on, and bro, like I've I, it's, now this point when I look at needles, I laugh, and it's so funny because the nurse will be like, "Is everything okay?" I'm like, "Miss, you don't know how many fucking needles I've taken." You know, like the health needles, like hair. Yeah. So, bro. I would sit down, like, they gave me the whole drip, and, like, it was, like, an hour session, whatever. I was done, and I was like, yo, that's chemo, that's it? And they gave me a bag of, like, fucking pills. That's why I hate pills. Remember I told you I can't take pills? The amount of pills you have to take is brutal. So they gave me all this shit. I have to go home, whatever. So I go home, pull up, and, like, I'm just a little tired, whatever. And my mom's like, oh, how was it? I was like, oh, nothing. It was whatever. I go upstairs. I go to my room, whatever. I go to sleep. I wake up the next morning. Like it felt like I got hit by a sledgehammer. The first thing I woke up, I'm yakking nonstop, continuously. Like I feel like my stomach is just turning inside and out. My whole body's like, what the fuck is going on? Wow. So chemo is basically think of a field of grass. Mm-hmm. There's weed, wheat all over in it. Okay, so you can go and pick at it, but with chemo, it's not possible. What chemo does is basically it's a fire extinguisher and burns every the, all the grass, all your good cells and everything. Just burns everything. Oh, wow. Okay. And with this. That's a good analogy, bro. Best way. It burns everything. It's like I think of a field and you're instead of picking at it one by one, you're getting a flamethrower, you're, built, you're burning the good grass, the bad grass, the grass that may be beneficial, anything. You're burning it all. That's what it does to your body. So that's why your body's reacting to it, right? Mm-hmm. So like then it was just a fucking nightmare. Then the shittiest part about chemo is like after you're done that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you have the week off. So a couple of days off, then you do the Monday, Tuesday again. The weekend off, you do Monday, Tuesday. When you're done the Tuesday, you have two weeks off. So your body starts to reset. You start to feel better. Your appetite comes back. You know, you're like more better, more energetic. You're not throwing up anymore. And then they're like, part two, come back. And boom, again. Oh, fuck. It's like a war. It's like, like again. A, it's like a storm. It just comes back. And then you stop two weeks. And then you come back again. So it's literally all drips. It's drips. All drips. All drips and uh, oral pills. And oral pills. Mm -hmm. Why did I think radiation? Why did I think? There is radiation as well, but thank God I did not have to do radiation. That was like the last step that they do. Radiation is horrible. A lot of side effects from it. And they don't recommend it for anybody, but that's what chemo is, right? It's literally, you do it, you feel like shit, you get better, you do it again. Oh, damn, exhausting. So now imagine like, as soon as I would get better, I'd be like, thank God, and then the days are coming up. I'm like, I gotta go back. Yeah. And, and you have to do that how many times? That cycle? I have to do that one, two, so two, four, six, eight, about eight times. You learn a lot about yourself through that oh, experience. You, you learn resilience, your determination, like the way of not giving up, your mindset changes, bro. Yeah. You see like problems and you start to see what people are worried about and you start to be like, it gives you perspective. You're worried about this? Yeah. You're worried about this? Like, yeah. 
bro, there's people dying. There's people fucking fighting for their lives. And I'm like, I'm one of them, but fuck me. I know I'm going to win. Yeah. Because people that are fucking, that are not getting a second chance, they're like worried about real life fucking problems. And you guys are worried about what the fuck Kim Kardashian wore mm-hmm. or what the fuck's going on on social media. It just, bro, life just opened up to me. You right. know, that's the best way to, that's why I am who I am today. Cause I went through that experience because I always say that, man. my, my life, it felt like I was given a second chance at life. And I realized the shit I used to do before. And I was like, how stupid I was to the possibility that I can like the shit I can do and what I can achieve. So I'm like, I need to use this energy and this determination and fucking put the pedal on the gas because, bro, I'm giving a second chance. And I'm not wasting this, bro. Yeah, 100%. I'm not wasting this and chance that's, at that's, all. That's the, the you, first of all, it sounds like you were very optimistic from yeah. the beginning. Oh, yeah. But then also that experience, you took, you derived a positive outlook and perspective from it. And that's worth thinking about, guys. It's like things are going to happen to you in life, positive, negative. But it's what you take from those experiences that can really pivot you in life in a positive way. Like, then it, you took it to your business. Oh, yeah, bro. And th- like, that's what it was. Like, and then after, like, that whole experience, like, I never stopped working, right? So when I would do my chemo, bro, I would literally go back to the office the next day. Even if I was throwing up shitty, maybe I'd rest one, two days. But I would be like, back in the office. But I was meeting clients. I was doing meetings. What, what made you want to do that? You just said, I'm, I'm going to. Because if, like, if I buckle and just lay in bed, it's worse. If I, I'm like, if I lay down, I'm just fucking being miserable. I'm killing myself even more. My body, my mind needs to know I'm good. I might not be good, but I need myself to know I'm good. I need myself to know that, bro, I'm just something I'm doing on the side. Did you have anybody that you would vent to, like a mentor or somebody no. that you would really? That's one thing. That's yourself? one thing uh, that, see, like, I, I, bro, I had my depression and my anxiety. I'm not trying to say I never had that. I had moments where I was literally sitting in the room crying and being like, bro, the, the day when um, my hair started to come off. I literally, I remember I went into like, uh, I was in the hospital. So my fr- after my first session of chemo, my dumbass decided that it would be good to go eat at an all-you-can-eat sushi restaurant. The number one thing about chemo is you cannot go into uh, areas where people are touching multiple things because your immune system is zero. Right, right. Yeah. I decided to go to an all-you-can-eat sushi restaurant. Yeah, probably not the best and idea. chopsticks and stuff that people use and et cetera. And then I got a bacteria infection. I was hospitalized for seven days. So, and like that, this is when I was hospitalized, when people had to come see me, they had to wear like what you see in the COVID now. Yeah. My brothers and my family had to come with the mask, the shield and everything on. Yeah. So then in that, my first treatment, I started to like pick up my hair. It was coming off in chunks. I remember I went home and then I right away, I called my barber. I'm like, bro, I got to come. You just have to shave my hair off. And like, I remember my barber shot at Nazif. He's like, I'm in a seat and he's just quiet. And he's like, cause he knows how much I loved my hair. Bryce that blowouts, fucking everything. He's sitting in there and he's just like shaking and he's like shaving my hair off and he's trimming it down. And I'm just like sitting there like like not saying a word and just zoned in, you know, like just like I'm in another world. Like at this moment, like nobody could talk to me. Even my girlfriend at that moment was like, I shouted to her. I owe her the world. She's she's stuck by me the whole fucking time. You know, and no girl does that. She's stuck by me. I have unconditional love for her. But bro. I literally sitting there and I'm like, I tur- I was stone cold. Like I, at that point, I was just like, bro, I have one thing. I'm beating this, right? I went home and I literally went in front of the mirror and I looked at my face and like, that's when the first time I ever broke down, like fully broke down. And I was like, holy shit. 
I'm like, this is real. Mm. When you see your face and like your hair is gone, your eyebrows are gone and they're thinned out. You have no facial hair, nothing. I'm looking at, I'm looking at like a ghost in myself, right? But bro, it was just something like there that I was just like, if I can overcome this, then there's nothing, nothing out there in the world that like I cannot overcome or I cannot beat or I cannot achieve. Yeah. And once like, bro, the day I remember the day I fucking cured my chemo and I was like, bro, game on. Yeah. I'm like, game on. I'm like, all you fuckers had a good four months, you know, chance. I was quiet. I was doing my own little shit. Now I'm like, bro, the sky's the fucking limit. What do I want to do? Where does that come from, bro? How did you get that, that determination, that will? Just God, bro. I feel like God. Did you pray a lot? Are you, are you religious? My parents are very religious. Um, I love my relationship with God. I feel like every human being has their own relationship with God. I don't pray five times a day. I'm not fully religious. I would love to be, but I feel like me and God have this connection, you know, where God knows what I'm doing and bro, I don't stray away from religion. I know the power and impact of religion, but I just have my own way of doing it, right? So I don't judge anybody. Do it, do it. That's what I tell anybody. Look at me. Don't judge me for what I do. Just, I love God. I have my relationship with him. And at the end of the day, it's me and God are going to discuss what I did right, what I did wrong. I'm not fucking the guy down the street that's telling me I'm not a good person, you know? Yeah, yeah. Bro, I still think about it. I don't know what it was, man. It was just determination because I was like, I can't leave like this. You know, I can't leave without making a mark on this planet because I know I have potential. I know I'm going to be somebody. And it's just like, I, I just couldn't do it, bro. I was just like, no, I'm like, I'm going to fucking, I got to grind it out. There's, this is it. This is second chance of life. Yeah. I, I, I felt like I gained years of wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. Because then I was just like, right after that day, bro, I was pedal to the gas and I never looked back. And then. I left my brother's company. Um, then I opened my own business recruitment on a recruitment company. And then from there, it's just everyone's seen it in front of their eyes. Like, it's, you know, I think we're one of the best recruitment companies in all of Canada. It's called Simplex. And Simplex HR. And we're like, you know, we have a great team. Shout out to everybody that works with us. Uh, incredible team. And now even uh, we're creating what it's, you know, I'll say it out here first, but we have the first digital recruitment app service which is going to change the industry coming out very very soon mm-hmm. and that's that's me well that's like a little story of my life I'm jumping into the spark of my business and now it's not this is not my end goal this is not my dream business i don't fucking say i, I love this what i'm doing i'm doing it because bro it puts food on my table mm-hmm. i'm good at it i know what the fuck i'm doing but this is just like me getting my feet wet what, you know what do you see what is it that you struggle? You don't know? I don't know, man. I know it's something big mm-hmm. because if at a young age I'm able to achieve all this mm-hmm. and I've secured myself financially with proper investments, everything that I'm good, Yeah. right? I can just relax, lay back and enjoy my life. But I see something in the back of my head and I can't, I can't put an image to it, Yeah. but I see this and this... I don't know what it is, but I just feel this energy in me where it's like it's going to burst and something big is going to happen. Something big is going to come from this, but I don't know what it is. Yeah, that's amazing. I just feel it. That's inspiring, bro. Honestly, that is. That's motivating. That's inspiring. I'm glad to share even a little bit of the journey with you because it has been it has been a pleasure. But 
there, there is, there's real use and utility in perspective. And I think when we go through things, it gives us perspective. And then if you look at it in a positive way, it really can provide you with some real force because you, you know, you, you say it's something intrinsic. It's something that it's calling for me inside. I don't know what it is necessarily yet, but I will find out. And, and that's why trying things I feel is like so useful because you try this and it's like, okay, maybe that's not it. And then you go to this, I try this and maybe that's not it. But then all these things that we do, you're still stumbling forward to whatever that is going to be. And it's there. That's what it is, right? You got to keep trying. Like I failed so many fucking times. I started a, a case phone skin rap business. I remember you telling me about that. Yeah. And that failed, you know? It's not like I, I haven't failed. My ideas and shit I want to do fails. But it's like I try everything. Everything I want to do, I try. Even if it's putting the idea like to paper, drawing it out, having it there. I, bro, I have an ideas book. And it's literally filled with like complete projects. Business ready to ideas go. only? Business ideas? Business ideas. All business plans, ideas. And they're executed to a point where they're ready to go. It's just a matter of me not putting the funding and putting it into construction ideas, right? I, I go to that point where I I'll pay my money. I'll pay the price, whatever. I'll get the designs made, branding, everything ready to go package. And it's just like, when it's the right time, I'm going to do this. All right. Timing is important. Timing is very important because what I learned and this is from experience is that you can't do a million things at once. You only have two hands, right? You have one brain and two hands. And these things do take energy. So they take energy. So you don't want to, you don't want to divert your energy too, too much. You can get rocked by if you carry if you do too many projects at once, then you're giving minimal effort to all of them and nothing gets done. All right. So what I decided to do now is like I have all these projects I'm doing. Like I hired a personal assistant. I have a great team overseas. Everything and it's like now I'm starting to I'm at that point where I'm like realizing I'm I'm just hiring the right people now. Right. right. Building the team giving like people certain tasks like your job is to manage this project your job is to manage this project and that's where a lot of people there's a business talk now that's where i feel like a lot of people fuck up because they're scared to like bro you're if you're making a hundred thousand dollars if you invest fifty thousand of that into people you're gonna make an extra like hypothetically speaking you hire two people from fifty thousand dollars now those two people are probably going to generate you a hundred hundred each Right. To grow your business, you have to hire. You cannot do it by yourself. Right. Mm. You have to hire the right talent, the right people. You have to hire people smarter than you. Man, it's better so important. Than you, right. Yeah. Because this whole col- it, it's it's just like the whole collaborating thing with with like the podcasting too. like doing this by myself. is, is fun. Don't get me wrong. But then working with you and Matt has been way has been just 10. I feel like 10 X like it's it has it's going to be like one year. Not even it's not even a year ago that I dropped this yeah. shit, you know. And like the stuff that's happened in the year and like and then the, being able to have conversations like this with like guys like you who've been through things and like mm. it's really, really useful to build that team around you and bounce these ideas off these people around you because you learn so much about yourself and others. One thousand percent. So you improve. You gotta surround yourself with the right people, right? And then you gotta just like bro, working as a team, people the reason I feel like people don't like working as a team or don't like sharing. Because they think that, why can't I have this whole pie to myself? Mm-hmm. Why do I have to give you a slice of the pie? Right. Why? I did it. It's my idea. It's my pie. I baked it. It's my pie. Why can I not have it all? I want it all. But that, once that pie is done, it's done. Yeah. You eat all the slices of the pie, it's gone. 
Yeah. There's no more pie left. Exactly. Right? So imagine if you share that pie or whatever to somebody else. And they like that pie. And then they go buy another pie or whatever. Make another fucking pie. There's analogy stupid. They make another pie. Now you have another pie that you can share from. He has his pie. Then he, it, you hire another. You give a slice to somebody else. And they build their own bakery. Now you have multiple pies that you can get. Yeah. You're, 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 right? you're painting it forward. You're giving it to others to then blossom. 1,000%. That's how business is. You got to invest in your team. You got to... Give people a piece of your pie. You got to invest in them. Give them your, some percentage of your company. Show them show them that you care. Because when you start to invest and you start to invest in people, your team, and you have a team under you, then, bro, you can tackle multiple projects at once, right? Yeah. You can make more, you know, and you have more money coming in and all You're that. stronger stuff. together. Exactly. Yeah, and a lot, of be- a lot of people have this idea about, like, really successful people are in a room smoking cigar, just, like, laughing with all their Benjis. But majority of the time, like, we, we talked about Elon Musk, like a lot of these guys, first of all, a guy like Elon Musk, maybe it's not a, too bad of an idea if he has a lot of money. He is fucking <laughs> sending yeah. rockets to space and shit. You, you know see that mean? documentary on Netflix? Of him? Of him? No, I haven't. The, the race to the space or some shit? No, watch it. I'm going to check it out. Talks about it like SpaceX, his program, and like how... Bro, it blows... Listen to this. In 1960... Well, the last time we sent somebody to the moon... 1969, I think. After that, they had one more... Uh, uh, they had one more... Uh, project or whatever the fuck you want space thing where they sent somebody uh, the u.s sent someone to the international space station then they canned it i think they canned it they canned it in 2001 or something because they were like it's too expensive for them to send people from 90 if, if hypothetically speaking if real if in 1969 we sent some people to the moon imagine if we had invested money and we had brains like Elon Musk back then mm-hmm. that just were building on something. I don't, I don't know, like technology came later or whatever, but like Elon Musk started what SpaceX how long ago? I don't know the exact the dates, past but like, decade, for sure. look at what Maybe. he's achieved, right? A lot, yeah. And now we're at that point where we're like, bro, it's going somewhere. He it made is. reusable rockets, something that has cut the cost by fucking uh, astronomical number. Yeah, a very successful electric right? car company too. Now he's doing rockets, and the reason why his, his project is so successful because he sends rockets now that go up, and then they come back down, and you can reuse them. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So now it's interesting, we're man. one step closer to a, a more efficient way to explore the space. Yeah. Imagine if we did this like twenty years ago. Yeah, he's innovating, and and he's he's right. a very successful individual, right. and he's definitely not sitting in a room smoking a cigar, man. He's awesome, innovating. Man. He's thinking. And he maybe is doing that, but he's also collaborating and helping people too. Because the majority of these successful people, they have money, they have all that shit. They the real reward, the real intrinsic reward comes from helping others. Like you know, just like you're saying, the, he was the founder of PayPal, right? Yeah, that's how he started, right? That's where he the, made his th- first million. I think all the money that he when he sold PayPal with his founder with his partners, all the money that he made, he invested everything into Tesla, mm-hmm. and a little bit of that was left into SpaceX. Mm-hmm. And he even says it. He's like, bro, I had to borrow money for rent. Yeah, he just reinvested, reinvested. And he says that now, by the way. He still doesn't actually own a property, but it's just because Now look so at busy. him, bro. Now look at him. Yeah, he's fucking, he's absolutely killing it. I, I, I fuck with Elon. I like Elon. Yeah. And I hope he buys Twitter. I hope he buys Twitter. But we, we can I think it's going to happen. Uh, I we, think it's going to happen. Honestly, man, like, the liberals are going to freak out if he does, man, because... That's what we need, bro. Like, we sorry need to say, but like... Fuck this cancel culture shit. If you don't like what somebody says, bro, scroll past it. Exactly. And that's what happened to Twitter's old. Tw- yeah. Twitter used to be like, just got to the movies, LOL. So fun. Mm-hmm. Ha, ha, ha. Now it's like, 
the social economic structures are patriarchally and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, like, like it's guys, so stupid, man. Twitter is a place for people to go and yell. I literally say it all the time. And unfortunately, it is political now. I feel like that's the main premise of, of Twitter now. So in my opinion, and maybe not everybody's, but if Elon were to jump on and buy Twitter, I think that he can even the playing ground again, playing ground again and make it more primarily about freedom of speech. And unfortunately, you're not going to like everything that everybody says, but... That's the fundamental mechanism that keeps us moving forward in society. Freedom of speech. People got to say what they want. One thousand percent, man. I feel like it's, it's, it's probably more people are waking up to that, right? You have to realize, bro. You should be allowed to say whatever the fuck you want. If you offend somebody, offends them, bro. Grow the fuck up. I know. If you don't it like it, it. Unfollow the page. If it if it offends you, scroll past it. Yeah, and it's your it's your opinion versus the other person's yeah. opinions. It's individual to the person. So because like then it's like oh, but that's wrong. But then what your opinion that you have is yeah. okay then, right? Yeah, exactly. Oh, but that person doesn't agree with your thinking. That's it. That's the idea behind that's the idea behind censorship. People are like, okay, we can't. We, we we're gonna provide a censorship bill like Trudeau has, has has proposed many times. But it's like who's gonna determine what's right to say and what's not? That's yeah. what you have to ask yourself. Who's gonna be the one determining yeah. what's legit and what's not, and what can be allowed and what can't? That's the question we have to think about. You know what I started to do? I stopped giving a fuck. I know, but it affects us, though. It does. I know, it, it does. True. It affects us so much. It affects us with, even with the podcast when we do the podcast because we have to be careful what we say, careful how we say stuff and stuff. And but I'm just like, I'm at that point where I'm just like, there's no change in certain things mm-hmm. in a sense where people are going to, they're like, people that love this cancel culture shit are going to find a fucking way. Mm-hmm. For me, it's just like, bro, live my life. If mm-hmm. I say something and offends you, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. What's the worst you're gonna do? You're gonna fire me, bitch. I own my own company. You Exa- can't fire me. Exactly. <laughs> you know, That's like, one, that, you know? that lingers back to the you financial know? freedom. That's a part. Bro, of you're it. gonna make me lose a client that because he doesn't like my way of thinking. Go fuck yourself. I'll get a new one. Exactly. I don't. I my talk about this with yeah, Anthony yeah, on the podcast. My business too. doesn't rely on one person. Yeah. My business is me and my team, right? And that in itself, though, is mm. so powerful, man. Yeah. That's what I like. I, I never, I, I'm not even going to talk yeah. about my work, but like the idea of, of having your financial freedom and then having the ability to be able to orient yourself with no real person that is like watching you is like, oh, you can't say that, brother. Like, that's just you. Bro, during this whole, like, we can talk about the whole mass stuff and everything. Mm-hmm. Bro, I didn't give a fuck. Yeah. I was like in my office, you guys want to wear them? Wear them. You don't, don't. Mm-hmm. I don't like. I don't care. If you don't want to come. You want to work from home? Okay, then tell me if you're comfortable. Then go work from home. Mm. I don't care. I do. live your fucking life. Do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, it's my business. The government tell me how to run my business. Go fuck yourself. That's annoying, man. What the like, fuck? Go is fuck that? yourself. You're gonna tell me what I can do in my space? I, I'm paying taxes, but I'm paying, fine. Don't even get. That's another story. Yeah, that's another off on, a lot but, of taxes, but bro. Go fuck yourself. It's my life. You don't fucking own me. We're not under a dictatorship. I'm not sitting here listening like fucking to what everyone has to say. Oh, don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do this, bro. By all means, you want to get vaccinated? Go fucking get vaccinated. You want to travel? I don't give a fuck. Mm -hmm. There's more, as I went back to my earlier point, by me going through what I went through, bro, and I see what people complain about, I have zero patience. That's why I don't give a fuck because I have zero patience. It goes in your one out the other. Because I sit there and I'm like, Trust me, here and there, I'll, I'll take a social media like rude comment or a podcast, and it'll hurt me. I'll be like, this motherfucker said what? <laughs> yeah, you know? because it's it, it's it's a creative pursuit that it represents. Hundred percent, so like but offensive. like, but like in general, like, bro, I look at all these problems and these wars, and I go on social media, and I'm like, I see all this. Like, I was having a talk with my girlfriend. I'm like, so much negativity. Every time I open up my social media, it's 
this person died. This happened. This person fucking place got bombed. This yeah. country's at war. This is what's going on. People are acting like, sorry like, if it offends anybody, but people are acting like this whole Ukraine and Russia stuff is the first modern day war that just fucking happened. Mm-hmm. There's people have been dying in the fucking world that are getting bombed left, right, center, but you're just not seeing it on the media. That's the so problem. I've become numb to this. Right? Yeah, that, Where I'm just that's like, the thing. And someone said to me, oh, but the people are dying, this, that. I'm like, but people are fucking dying everywhere in the world. I the know. Guys, like, I can't live my life on this whole mindset of death, fear, this. That. I've already seen it. I've been through it. I've been through hell and back. There's nothing worse that can happen now with the death of a media family member or anything that will phase me the f- or even touch me a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. So that's why, like, bro, it's like I, I have this skin now where it's just like, I can't give a fuck about shit like this. Yeah, I just can't. Sometimes you got to tune it out because it can be overwhelming. And that's what that's the result of the mainstream media and a lot of the things that are happening right now. Because, you know, it's what they... So think about it. They decide what, what gets pumped into our fucking heads every single day, all the time. And that's what happens with, with the mainstream media, with social media, and places like Twitter. So hopefully... Bro, maybe did you see how bad, like, for, for two weeks straight, the whole world was talking about Will Smith smacking... More than two weeks, bro. Like four. But Will yeah. Smack again? What was the guy's name? Chris Rock. Chris Rock. And I'm like, really? Mm. Like, this is headlining news. Oh, buddy, it was big. It was big shit. Like, Will Smith smacked someone for talking shit about his. This is headlining fucking news right now. This is what every single person on social media is posting. You guys have bad, sad lives, bro. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> this is what you guys worry about. This is what you guys are. Kim Kardashian and Kanye broke up. She's talking to Pete, Pete Davidson now. Skeet. You can't skeet. say skeet. skeet. can't say Pete. Gotta say Skeet. <laughs> but like, I see shit like this and I'm like, this is what you guys are entertained by? This is what you guys are worried about? Mm. Bro, you're crying about not, you're crying about like not having money or the housing market, whatever. You're crying about all this shit. But the only thing that you're interested about is Kim Kardashian wore to it. Mm-hmm. What Will Smith did on the Oscars. But you're not thinking about, yo, how can I take this time to grow a business or do something or work on myself or anything, something that matters to me, right? Yeah, it's, it's what they call the slave mind, you know? It gives people uh, a sense of entertainment. I see a lot of it, too, with, like, sports, too. Like, a lot of guys I know, they love the fantasy football and shit, and they love, you know, gambling and all that shit. But it provides... Uh, like uh, it fills the gaps yeah. throughout the week and it gives like it sustains a somewhat of a purpose and I think a lot of that is too like to your point yeah. about like the Kim Kardashian and shit and like the, the new E-Talk Daily and shit guys it's a lot of noise man it's so a lot of noise much, and it's very man. distracting it's bro like, but bro this is why there's only a, this is why like I hopefully this doesn't come out as fucking being egotistical or whatever but this is why there's only a handful of successful people in the world right mm-hmm. because those people are not sitting back and seeing what the fuck happened at the oscars on sunday <laughs> right they're waking up in the, in the morning and getting on with their day in their office grinding it out talk, calling clients spending that two hours that you spend on reading a fucking et post mm-hmm. they're spending that two uh, two hours on reading a book that's educating them on financial literacy or something important that yeah and the thing where people say oh we'll figure it out Oh, we'll figure it out. Oh, we have time for it. Life hits you fast, brother. Life hits you fast, you know? And these are crucial years. If you build your foundation now and you 
make the right investments, you hire a financial uh, a financial planner, have proper like real estate investments, etc. Enjoy. Don't even, I fucking enjoy a lot. You know how much I enjoy. You see yeah, it, bro. Yeah. I, I party. You're I dipping fun. tomorrow. I 100%. I'm gone. I'll be back in like two, three weeks. But like, people are like waste so much time on unnecessary stuff. If they just take that energy mm-hmm. and they, they just put it in their work ethic and they read a book, educate themselves, you know, just fucking, if they have an idea in their head, try it out. What's the worst that happens? It fails. Yeah, that is you the worst. You lose a couple thousand dollars. Shitty, but you learn so much from it, right? Man, that's that's the real. That makes sense. And I think that's a real motif throughout this conversation is perspective. I think that your perspective it it really plays a good role on how you orient yourself through life. Like right away, through your perspective, through when you when you found out the news for the cancer, you know, you took the positive route and you said, "I'm going to be determined to figure this out." And fucking big salute to you for doing that, bro. Thank you, bro. I appreciate it, man. And 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 speaking of salute. So that's uh, that's the last segment I have on, on, on a couple casuals podcasts. I call it salute, bro. Salute is an opportunity where I give to the guests to give a little cheers, a little salute, a little ching ching to the viewers, to the guests and end us off on on a high note. So 100%, bro. You can Fuck. keep it short. You can keep it sweet. You can ramble on for 20 minutes if you want. It's up to you. But Just the salute's going to be that what we have coming with the It's Simple podcast, us three, mm-hmm. is going to be a game changer. And we're... Like, I'm so excited for everybody to see, like... I'm looking bro, forward to it big time. We do this, like, we we do this podcast stuff with a passion, mm-hmm. you know? You see it. Mm-hmm. We're not in this for money. We're not in this for that fucking... We do it because we love it. It's something that we love. And it, all I'm saying is just, bro, just like, when we started the podcast in the beginning, people thought we're fucking idiots. People look at us like, oh, these guys just trying to be famous, trying to be this, that. I don't give a fuck. You know, we, we are trying to create a platform that can change. But when we get those DMs from people that are like, bro, you motivated me to go get up and like educate myself or read a book. And like, you know, that you cheered my day up with your content. When we get these DMs of people saying it impacted them in a positive way, it's the most happiest thing ever. And then to end this off, bro, fuck what people think. Do what you want to do, but be smart, be wise, like choose like... And that stuff that your parents say about you are who your closest five friends are, it's fucking 100% true. You got to know when to cut the people off, certain people off. You got to know when to exclude yourself from certain groups because at the end of the day, bro, no one's going to hand you a fucking check. No one's going to come to your door and be like, here's a million dollars, right? You don't want to live a life where you're, you're living in fear or you're, you're scared about, you know, if a pandemic comes, if you have money to pay this, that, mm-hmm. et cetera. You got to be... People need to wake the fuck up. You know, you guys got to realize that it's now. You do this at a young age. You build yourself up so you can enjoy life in the future, man. Yes. Life is not about work, 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 work. Mm-hmm. Sacrifice now for later. Bro, I like by going to Europe and I seen life there and people are like, oh, but like you have money. You come here. I'm like, aside from that, you guys don't have money. But yet you guys are still fucking happier than the guy I know back home that doesn't have money. Why is that? Mm-hmm. Because here we're programmed to just work, 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 work till we die, bro. Maybe we are. It's not the way to go, bro. You, there's so much more to life. To travel, experience it, and just never give up, bro. And if somebody tells you there's a slight chance of you accomplish something, bro, do it. That's, you know. Amazing. That's a big salute. Bro. Big salute Peace for my buddy yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. Pleasure, buddy. Ching, ching. 100%. Salute. Somebody, a couple casuals, number one podcast. Couple, couple casuals, and it's simple podcast.
Keep your eyes tuned, guys. I'm going to drop all the Zoe's tags. Tell them where to find you quick. Bro, fuck. Uh, Zohe Baziz. Yeah, fuck. Simple. That's it. And Bro, follow us on the It's Simple Podcast. 100%. That's what the fuck I give a fuck about. And um, I'm, you know I'm going to yeah. tag that shit all below. And uh, it's going to be fun. We're going to keep it simple. We're going to keep it casual. 1,000%. And we're going to be grinding to the moon this summer. Big year. Yes, sir. Elon Musk, baby. Elon Musk. Salute, guys. Peace out. Ciao.